Hey folks, this is Wise Guy Talks, and I'm your host, Guy Midkiff. Thanks for listening in today. I much appreciate it. I want to tell you a little bit about my goal and why I'm doing this in the first place. I'd rather not be. I have a full-time job, but the reality of it is, and it's sad, but our national media and even our local media to a lesser extent has given up valuable real estate. Real estate where they used to uh, tell great stories, let citizens know what's going on, and they would give both sides to a story and let us, we, the citizens, the viewer, make up our mind. They've given up that real estate. So what's happened, people like myself that are First Amendment loving Americans, we've had to fill that gap. And that's why I've created Wise Guy Talks. Hey, so if you like us, you can help promote us. And the way you do it is by fooling that liberal machine that runs YouTube. And we can get uh, those bots that recognize good content out there flowing towards us. You need to uh, subscribe us. Uh, hit the notification bell so you get a ding every time I put up new content, which I'm hoping will go up every Friday or maybe every Sunday. Haven't quite decided. If you have any opinions on that, let me know. So today what we're going to be doing is we have Victor Avila who's come in to talk to us about a very current event that's happened just this week. It's literally a breaking story. I'll give you a little context, a little background. Salvador Sinfuego Zapata who served as defense minister from 2012 to 2018 in Mexico, was arrested on October the 16th, 2020, at LAX uh, airport after arriving from Mexico City, where he had a lot of his family members with him when it happened. Now, in 2016, he denounced traffickers who had ambushed a military convoy, killing six soldiers as sick, insane beasts, quote-unquote. Well, back last October, according to uh, court documents, Enfuegos stands accused of helping a Mexican drug cartel smuggle thousands of kilograms of cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, and marijuana into the United States of America. The arrest sent tremors through Mexico's apparatchik, in particular the country's uh, military establishment, which uh, in America is known as the bedrock foundation of uh, Mexican state power. The arrest was more confirm, uh, confirmation of the venal connection between a corrupt government and the criminal gra- uh, gangs that control much of Mexico. The U.S. investigation was apparently kept secret from Mexican authorities, leading to questions here about trust between the two countries and speculation that other officials could be targets of similar inquiries. As indictment unsealed, um, an indictment was unsealed in U.S. Uh, District Court in Brooklyn and accused Sanfuego of four counts of drug, tr- drug trafficking and money laundering. He alleged, uh, allegedly took bribes to allow the H2 cartel, a spinoff of what is known in Mexico as the uh, Beltran um, Levi? Leva. Leva cartel, to operate uh, with impunity in Mexico. U.S. prosecutors sent Sanfuegos, uh, said Sanfuego used his position to spare the cartel from the enforcement operation, facilitate maritime transportation for drugs, help expand turf, and introduce gangsters uh, to uh, Mexican officials willing to assist in the exchange of bribes. Evidence amassed against the former general, who was known as El Padrono, or the Godfather, according to the indictment, includes thousands of BlackBerry messages, uh, communications that show direct contact between Sinfoyos and senior cartel boss uh, bosses, uh, prosecutors said in the indictment. Snap forward to this week, November 20th, 20, 
And uh, the jailed Mexican mafia godfather is on his way free as a bird back to Mexico. So what my plan to do is today is to bring Victor Avila in and have him speak, give it a little context, uh, a little granularity of what exactly is happening. Before we get into that, Victor, what's up with the beard, brother? <laughs> the beard, uh, the No Shave November. Uh, no Shave November is usually for, uh, for cancer awareness, but I do it uh, in remembrance of our fallen law enforcement officers uh, that we've had this year. And uh, tragically, we've lost many, not just in the line of duty, but by suicide as well. And so I leave the, the beard for November in honor of them. So I just kind of gave you the, uh, the narrative of what led up to the release of Mr. Sinfuego, and maybe you can kind of fill us in exactly what's going on. Well, uh, this just happened uh, last week, like you mentioned. Uh, the general, or, you know, he was a general and, and secretary of defense uh, in Mexico uh, back in 2016 for the prior administration there, and uh, he was released uh, from U.S. custody and sent back to Mexico, which just stunned the law enforcement world uh, and we were just perplexed by that decision. It is, it is shocking to say the least. It, it's just something that uh, we are still, as right now, just trying to figure out the, the why uh, all this is going on and, and frankly, very dangerous uh, decision that I think occurred. So just for brevity, we're going to refer, refer to the president of Mexico if you don't mind, as uh, AMLO, and that stands for? Uh, AMLO is uh, short for Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, who is the president of Mexico currently. All right. And b because Americans can be so uh, lazy <laughs> with our speech, we'll just call him AMLO if that's okay with you. And so the viewers will know who we're talking about. So my question to you is how does this relate to uh, national security? Uh, it's a direct effect on our national security. So uh, this individual, which is not just a, a regular drug dealer, this is a, a high, high, probably the highest level, uh, in fact, the highest level uh, government official in Mexico to be arrested, arrested in the United States, uh, charged with U.S. crimes, uh, and getting ready to be prosecuted in New York. Uh, Mexico did not like that and pressed hard diplomatically this past week, so hard that, in fact, the United States government, the Department of Justice, dropped all charges with uh, an understanding that Mexico would investigate him and uh, the government of Mexico would investigate the general in Mexico. Uh, but we know, we know that we all know the answer to that and was released. And so it is unbelievable to say the, li the least uh, of that decision because of the dangers that 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 can that that brings and 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 the futures of the relationship between the United States and Mexico. What's really going on, Victor? This is uh, this is uh, un unprecedented. Uh, the levels of corruption in Mexico, and those are the type of decisions that we see happen in Mexico, not in the United States. So Mexico is claiming that the United States violated their sovereignty, and by conducting this basically covert operation for about a year, investigation, not operation, but an investigation into the uh, into the, this general Sinfuegos. And they say that violated their, their sovereignty and therefore uh, 
unable to be prosecuted in the United States. They threatened to kick out um, not just the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA agents from the country, but all U.S. law enforcement personnel from the country of Mexico. And apparently the uh, United States uh, didn't call their bluff and released them. Do you think that they should have called their bluff? Do you Absolutely. think they should have made the deal in the first place? But yeah, first of all, I don't, I don't know why uh, the United States is negotiating with Mexico when it comes to drug dealers, which I don't consider them drug traffickers anymore. They're foreign terrorist organizations. And I don't understand why we're negotiating with them, especially with a man that is charged legitimately uh, and was going to go through a due process in the United States. You know, we always use the word, uh, word alleged, uh, and yeah. so that's what it is. We're, we're, we're going to try him. And uh, the, the scariest part is that those charges had nothing to do with his release. It wasn't a lack of evidence. It wasn't a lack of anything else. It was a, a trust issue, as uh, Mexico puts it, in the United States, which uh, I believe that the trust was gone as soon as he was, uh, uh, you know, handcuffs were put on him on U.S. soil. Huh. Great point that you brought up, and President Trump has talked about it several times, but why has uh, certain elements within Mexico not been identified as foreign ter terrorists? Why, why has that not happened? It's, it's, it's a cumbersome task, and uh, President Trump is very well aware of it. He addressed it last year. There was a big push uh, by, by several retired law enforcement officers, DEA, including myself, to push that because we, that's, we think that's the logical step in combating these uh, drug trafficking organizations. Uh, the the long-term investigations, the, 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 what we've been doing for the last two decades obviously have, has not worked. And the money that we've pumped into to money through uh, money through Mexico, through the Merida Initiative, and billions of dollars that we've given them in aid have obviously not worked. Mexico is in a lot worse condition now. Uh and I want to talk about that, Mexico being in a lot worse condition. Uh, there's a lot going on there. A lot of people are very curious why AMLO has focused almost exclusively on uh, going back and trying elements of the previous administration, while on the other hand, he's kind of looked the other way and even shook the hands of some dubious individuals. Can you shine a little light on that? Yeah, absolutely. He's been very focused on the corruption of the prior uh, uh, administrations in Mexico, presidential administrations, and uh, in fact, um, some some of those individuals have been arrested. One was actually arrested in Grapevine, Texas, uh, uh, Genaro Garcia Luna, which was the head of the federal police um, and was a, a secretary, uh, cabinet level member of Mexico at that time. He was arrested last year here in, in uh, Grapevine, Texas again, for drug trafficking charges and his association with the Sinaloa cartel. Um, I happened to, to work in Mexico when he was the head of the federal police, and we, we worked closely hand-in-hand -hand with him and his personnel. So the whole time, uh, he was uh, uh, actively in, uh, working in conjunction with the Sinaloa drug cartel. Huh. And uh, tell us about the, the shootout that occurred um, Sinaloa, and I think they were trying to capture El Chapo's son, and so, was, was there a relationship to Fast and Furious when that shootout? Yeah, so last year, uh, right about the same time, um, the, uh, the United States government, in this case, uh, Department of Homeland Security assisted in locating and uh, having, uh, uh, helping to uh, capture 
uh, one of El Chapo's mm-hmm. son in Culiacán, Sinaloa, which is uh, the headquarters for the Sinaloa cartel. And they moved in. They did a great operation with the Mexican uh, military and police. But as soon as they took custody of him, the Sinaloa cartel came in numbers. And I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds of cartel members came into the city, locked down the city, threatened to shoot everyone, kill innocent bystanders, starting with the uh, military uh uh, family members of the military that helped in the operation. And uh, uh, that word got to President uh, of Mexico, AMLO, uh, President Lopez Obrador, and he decided to release him. And so that sent another precedent in Mexico that apparently now, even you arrest a high-level drug cartel member, and if the cartel threatens to kill innocent women and children and civilians, uh, the government is going to fold, and he did. And he, uh, they've been, they've been uh, pushing their drugs and their criminal activity with impunity in Mexico for a long time. Why should Americans care about this? This is a direct, direct correlation, and direct impact on our national security. Not just because of the poison. That's one of the primary things. The poison that they keep on bringing across the border, and I'm talking about the methamphetamine and the fentanyl but also the relationship that Mexico and the cartels have with China because that's where they get the precursors and the chemicals to to make the methamphetamine. They have these super labs in Mexico right now, um, and the fentanyl is killing uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people and uh, um, methamphetamine with the addictions in, in our country. And um, that's just one part of it. So it's, it, there's, there's several aspects to that. But that's one of the main ones that these cartels are not just drug traffickers anymore. They're human traffickers, human smugglers. They're uh, they're in have involved in the avocado trade, in the gas and oil. Avocado trade. Yes. Explain. Was, so they um, the cartels have um, you know the avocado trade in 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 Mexico is big. It's a multi million uh, dollar industry, and so they've wiggled their way in there to have influence over that as far and as far also with gasoline and oil um, through uh, Pemex, uh, Petróleos Mexicanos. So it, the cartels are multifaceted, if you will, uh, in, in their approach to criminal activity. That's why they're now, and this is all besides the violence, by the way. The violence is just a, a bonus that they, you know, they cut off heads and, and extort and kidnap and kill uh, 36,000 citizens last year. 36,000 individuals. Uh, they haven't killed that many, and I don't know what's the last war, not an Iraq war or Afghanistan, but there hasn't been that interest in what's going on in Mexico, which, uh, by the way, is 600 miles away here, not 6,000 miles away like Iraq is. Or if you live in El Paso, right across 100 the border. yards away. Correct. Uh, anywhere in the Texas border and California, New Mexico, Arizona border, correct. If the corruption goes all the way up to the top, and we're talking to the president of Mexico, uh, which there's a lot of uh, rumors, if you will, of rumors or a talk that that, that the presidential uh, uh, are involved in, in the, the drug trafficking trade. Uh, the difference now here with this president is that he's he's basically ignored the cartels as far as any kind of enforcement, and they have uh, now he's basically given them carte blanche, and they they have 80 percent control, not just of the borders. Uh, the border cities and states, 
but 80% control of the country, uh, not just control and influence over that, which is a tremendous statistics that I didn't invent, that the Mexican government actually provides that, that statistic. And so it, it, uh, it, it's very dangerous. The, the Mexican government and the, pre the president has stated publicly that he'd rather give them hugs than bullets. Uh, he wants to uh, go, go back and provide education programs. I mean, we're talking things that are just, uh, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, have, have not worked, will not work. We, we need to address the cartels in a different way. But you asked the question as to how, why do we care as Americans, right? Mm. Well, because the cartels are here in the United States. Um, they don't operate. Headqu headquarters for them might be in Mexico, but they're in the United States and 40 countries around the world. And that's, that's the connection, and that's the, uh, the violence that you see in, in Chicago, Maryland, St. Louis, with the gangs that we have there that push, guess what, the product of the Mexican cartels. The Mexican cartels are here present to oversee their product. They, they're here to make sure that their, their, their money, their, their pro properties, the money laundering that they do is, uh, is, is well taken care of. They're a well-oiled machine. The cartels are not your street gang. These are highly sophisticated organizations. So if uh, the, <clears throat> the American judicial system is not willing to fully uh, go after these criminals like Sinfuego, what signal does that send, particularly to the, uh, the agents that are out in the field? Well, this is what makes this, this decision this past week so difficult to swallow and difficult to even understand why the United States government would um, basically cave in to uh, Mexico's request when we understand uh, DEA is livid right now with that decision I don't blame them um, and they feel if, if, if they were already you know cautious about their safety in Mexico uh, now all law enforcement's uh, safety is even at more risk because of that decision so you what you're describing is essentially a clear and present danger oh absolutely oh my gosh and uh, I, you know, there's been a natural uh, evolution. Uh, Keepy Cam um, Camarena. Yeah, Camarena. Of course, they murdered him, and then it was like 10, 15, 20 years where they left you guys alone, and then they ambushed you and Jaime. Right. Um, and then uh, who, Terry, they uh, right. shot and killed him. That's right. A Border Patrol agent. So it, it seems like they're becoming much more bold, and if uh, if America doesn't respond with you know you what was that uh what was that movie that had sean connery in it he goes he goes uh they you bring a fist we bring a knife uh, you bring a knife i bring a gun you bring a gun i bring a cannon i mean don't you think that america really needs to escalate the way that uh, they're dealing with this absolutely well first of all at least uh, address it and we don't not addressing it by releasing uh generals that are accused of, of these uh, crimes. That's not the way we send the signal. That's not the way we, uh, uh, we deal in. Uh, I think there's an understanding here because of the trade with Mexico and the billions of dollars that come, USMCA, uh, and, and there's other issues here that might have played into that decision. However, I look at it as the, uh, the safety and security of, of our U.S. citizens and that should become uh, the priority to the United States and their protection. All right. I want to roll the clock back to 2011. I know it's painful 
memory for you, but uh, I want to talk about the ambush. And Daniel Horowitz uh, described that ambush as the uh, Mexican uh, Benghazi. What do you think he meant by that? Uh, when he said that, uh, I, I think he was spot on uh, because it's not, it's not only the, the botched assignment. Uh, you're talking about Fast and Furious, the guns that were used against uh, in our attack against us were weapons used, uh, were weapons that were tied into that operation, which if people have never heard of Fast and Furious, the operation of Fast and Furious is an operation where uh, thousands and thousands of weapons were uh, allowed to walk, quote-unquote, uh, allowed to be smuggled from the United States into Mexico under the watch of the United States government, which has led to the murder of, of, of thousands of Mexican nationals, including two U.S. federal agents, like you mentioned, Agent Brian Terry and Jaime Zapata. And um, and so it's a uh, it's a big conflict, to say the least. And talking about the litigation, which unfortunately got wrapped up uh, with you and Jaime, um, primarily because certain documents were sealed by the Obama administration and never released. And it looks like now your attackers, I guess there was originally eight, one of them died for whatever reason, and then the seven attackers, and down there now they're pilled down to five and two for various reasons that you can explain. But it looks to me like they're getting another bite uh, at, at the apple, and uh, possibly could even possibly be freed or have their sentences significantly re reduced. Just bring it up to date on that real quick. This I see it as a kind of a trend and, and a pattern that's going on here, um, maybe with no correlation whatsoever, but definitely the decision making in the U.S. Uh, is definitely the wrong one. So in our case, the the defendants, um, five of them pled guilty to, they were all charged with the same crimes, murder, attempted murder, attempted murder of an internationally protected person, and weapons charges. There was one defendant that was char charged with aiding and abetting. And um, the, the, the defendants, uh, two of the five defendants, went to trial. They didn't cooperate. We went straight to trial. This was all in 2017. Well, they appealed those sentences, and earlier this year, uh, that appeal was granted in that the murder charge of Special Agent Jaime Zapata was dismissed, was vacated by the dis district, uh, the Washington D.C. Uh, district Court of uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, and uh, which was very, very devastating to us that news. So then the uh, the Department of Justice requested a uh, hearing with the Circuit Court to have not just a panel of three judges, but have all judges, I think there was 11 justices, what they call a, an end bunk hearing, um, to have all justices hearing, and, but that was denied. And so then the, the natural course that we had recourse was to have the U.S. government take this all the way up to the Supreme Court, which the Zapata family and I talked to the Department of Justice, which now encompasses the Office of Solicitor General, which is the office that makes the decision of what cases are recommended up to the Supreme Court. And we, we, we pleaded with them to at least send the application up and see what the Supreme Court would decide. Well, just uh, uh, what, about a month ago, I was uh, informed by the Department of Justice that they will not do that. And the Office of Solicitor General denied that request. So that's over. Uh, sometime next spring, those defendants will be brought back from federal prison and be resentenced. And now, instead of looking at a mandatory life sentence, now they're looking at a, uh, of a sentence of up to life in the, basically the, murder, the uh, weapons charges, which, what they're looking at, which is the heaviest 
the heaviest charge. So where is all this headed? I mean, where, what is the confluence? Where, where will we be in five, 10 years if it, if it continues to go the way it is? Well, these decisions that have been made uh, recently, it's a dangerous path for sure. Uh, and, and there is no solution in, in sight at least a positive one if we continue to make these type of decisions. I'm talking we, the United States government. Um, our, our agents uh, serving abroad, especially in Mexico, are there to protect our homeland. And uh, these type of decisions made by the court system or by the Justice Department uh, are, are nothing, are not helping the cause. <laughs> and so I hope that, that we will be able to uh, mitigate and, and help in, in this quote-unquote war that we've been fighting for many years and and maybe the designation of these uh, some of these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations will will change that. Victor Avila, uh, author of Agent Under Fire, thanks for taking off the time to come in and talk to us today. We appreciate it. Um, I hope you uh, share this show with your friends so they can kind of see what's going on because for sure they're not going to get it through the uh, lamestream media. That's a fact. Wise guy talks. Guy Midkiff, you have yourself a blessed day. Thanks.